Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 76 of the podcast that was originally recorded on June 30th of 2015. Some of the games I played for the week, of course we've continued with our Pathfinder Adventure card game, we got through a couple more scenarios, I played a game of Cosmic Encounter, as well as some Las Vegas, I played a little Drive Club on the PS4, some Shroud of the Avatar on the PC, and I got in on a little Daytona Rush on my phone. And then I talked about a little game that I would like to play now. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, gamers, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. My name is Joe Luzzi, and welcome to episode 76. Hey, send me some emails. Send those emails to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at whatimplayingnow. You can also do a search on Facebook for us at What I'm Playing Now. Just do a search for that. On Google+, Plus. you will find us at plus.google.com slash the plus sign, What I'm Playing Now podcast, and of course our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash What I'm Playing Now. All right, we're going to jump into what I played for the week. And I didn't play a lot of games, but I think some of the games I played will pretty much take up a majority of the show. So I don't think the show will be any shorter than normal even though there's only a few games that I'm going to be talking about. But I think the games that I'm going to, going to be talking about are, are some very good games. All right, so first, what we are going to do is we are going to jump into my recap of our Pathfinder adventure card game, Skull and Shackles, organized play that I usually do with my Sunday afternoon group. And we were going to try to get through three scenarios to finish up this season of The Shackles, but we only made it through two. I kind of knew that was going to happen. I think I've mentioned before, my group kind of just does like to talk a little bit. I will say the one scenario, the first one that we did was 06D, the, the pirate party, was probably the reason why we didn't make it through three, mainly because this one took us a while to get through. With six people and playing this scenario, it was rather difficult. A lot of us took some damage very early on in the game. It came down to, I want to say I think it came down to pretty much one of the last players who had about three or four explorations available to them. I think they did a couple explorations. They took some damage. I think we had to reshuffle the deck, and somehow the villain, Sweet Lips and Scurvy, actually ended up on top. And I think on his third, I think during his third or fourth exploration, he was he actually flipped the villain over, and we had people basically located in all of the open areas that we had and all the open locations. We were able to temp close all of those, and then he was able to defeat the villain. I think we were down to the last blessing card, and it was, like I said, it was his last couple of explorations. How we did that, I have no idea. It, we all kind of sat there when the villain was flipped over and just let out a huge cheer, and pretty much the whole store kind of just looked at us to see what was going on, because there was a lot of other people in there gaming at the time. But it was it was a very good time. I was extremely surprised we did not have to replay that scenario. I was so happy that we finished it, because I just didn't want to go through that whole thing again, as it was just a... That one was just a complete pain to finish. I will say, though, that it's now behind us and we moved on. The next one, 06E, that we then completed into the Maelstrom, this one was a lot easier. This one, basically, there were no villains. All we had to deal with were hurricane winds, and the ruffians were basically uh, another type of char another character. And I can't remember who they were off the top of my head. I thought I had it here in front of me, and I don't. The interesting thing about this one was all of the different locations that you actually got to use were included in the scenario. So I we were, oh, the henchman ruffian was actually the lightning elemental, which 
was a little tricky for a couple of us, but we were actually able to handle that. But the, I, I, what, I, what I really liked about this one was all the different locations that they actually gave you. Uh, one of the girls that actually plays in our group actually had these printed up and all sleeved. They were a nice color printouts, and I had color printouts too. I just didn't have mine cut out and sleeved like she did, so we used all her locations. I was really stoked when she kind of pulled those out and we were able to use them. But this one, I will say 6E was much easier than 6D. And I'm and I'm playing through pretty much this whole first season now. That's one thing that I'm kind of noticing that I hope is going to be a little different when we hit Wrath of the Righteous. I'm hoping that some of the scenarios are maybe a little more balanced and that the difficulty doesn't seem to kind of just fly all over the place when we're going from one scenario to the next. We have a pretty much, we're playing with a party of six and we have a really well-rounded party. We have a couple of healers, we have a couple of magic users, we have a thief. And, and so it's we, we have a very well-rounded party considering we're you know we're pretty much playing with with what I would call like the the base four you know group that you would probably, probably want to take through any sort of role-playing game I would not expect us to be having some of the difficulties that we actually do have with some of these scenarios so it'll be interesting to see I've been from the store I've actually been given the next set of the first set of scenarios for Wrath of the Righteous. I have not had a chance to sit down and take a look at them to actually see what they are, and I really haven't even spent too much time with Wrath of the Righteous yet. So I'm hoping, I think we're going to skip uh, the following next week because next week's going to be 4th of July weekend. So we're going to be passing on that week, and then the following week we're going to get together and finish up the very last scenario for the season of Shackles. After that, I think we're going to take maybe a couple of weeks off, maybe a month off, and then in August I think we're going to regroup and then start up with Wrath of the Righteous. I was just reading today, I got an email from Paizo that they're actually releasing a lot of the new character decks. The first one is going to be the Paladin deck that's going to be released. They are also going to be having a subscription for those packs, just like they do for the scenario decks, which I think is kind of cool. The other thing I thought was rather interesting, they're actually taking the character class decks down from including four characters in them to just three characters, but they're actually increasing the boons, which are all of the good pieces of equipment and all the sort of loot that you'll want to carry around with you. They're actually increasing the number of boons that are in the deck, so it sounds like you're going to be able to have a little bit more of a variety and variation between characters, which I think should be quite interesting. I was talking to my wife about this earlier, and I was mentioning to her that it seems once you get into some of the higher levels, playing the sorcerer that I was playing, Playing, it just seemed once we got into like the level six type of cards that I was going to be able to use, the cards that I actually wanted to put in my deck were there were only a couple. So even though I'm able to have like five spells, I think, in my deck right now, I think it's five. It, I, I only really want to put two level six spells in there, and the one was kind of just like an, eh, okay, we'll put that in there. But I'm, I'm hoping that with the variety that's going to be in the in the new character class decks, and I guess all decks going forward for the character class decks are going to be like this. So I, I think that should be very interesting for the Wrath of the Righteous, and I will, I'm hoping that we're, we're going to hold out long enough that I can actually get my hands on the Paladin deck and start with them, and not have to possibly start maybe with a different class of character, and then have to backfill and play some or play some of the early scenarios a second time just to get my paladin caught back up with the group so but that was it for the recap of the pathfinder adventure card game once again we are down to one scenario left and in a couple of weeks i will be able to talk about that and then i'll do a recap maybe of the whole season since i've, I've played through all of that and I mean, so far it has been pretty good, I will say. There were, like I said before, there were little bumps in some things that I think they learned from this first set, but we will recap on that in another podcast. All right. So during my Thursday night game group, one of the first games we kind of started playing, I was actually going to try to get in a game of Kanban with a bunch of guys, but nobody had, everybody was, there were a couple of people that were late for that one. So we actually, me and, a, me and another couple of group of guys actually sat down and we started playing a game of Cosmic Encounter. And this is 
the Fantasy Flight game, I believe that was released in 2008. And I will say that I really like this game. I mean, so when we were setting up Cosmic Encounter, I really wasn't too sure what to expect at first. Uh, there's there's really no board game to kind of set up per se. I mean, just like a lot like a lot of other games. And each player is basically controlling 20 ships. You receive a character card that has a special ability that can be used throughout the game. And you're also given, I think you're starting off with five or seven cards. I can't remember what it actually was. And basically the object of this game is to attack or assist in attacking and get five of your ships to colonize five enemy planets. So basically what you're starting off with is you're starting off with five planets in front of you and there's four ships on each planet and that's what's making up the 20 ships. So after the rules were explained to all of us, I thought, well, this kind of sounds simple enough. But then after the first turn, I instantly saw how much diplomacy was going to be going into this game and just how much finagling and dealing we were going to be doing throughout the whole game. So on your turn, you're going to turn over one of the destiny cards. And this card is basically going to tell you who you're going to attack. I kind of thought that was a pretty neat mechanic because it basically takes out of the game the symptom of the first person to get attacked just keeps repeatedly getting attacked until they're out kind of just like sharks you know go into blood it's this this type of destiny card system basically completely detracts from that and takes away from that so basically the destiny cards they contain all the colors of the players including your own because if you actually flip over your own card you can repopulate a planet with a ship that you lost from the center of the table, which is considered the warp, which is where all basically destroyed ships go. And there's also wild cards and special cards in this Destiny deck as well. So when you flip over a color, you take the hyperspace gate, which is basically kind of like a big piece of cardboard, and you kind of point it at one of your opponent's planets that you flipped over, and that designates basically who, which planet you're going to be attacking of your opponents. The card basically lets you, tells you who you're going to attack, but you actually get to pick out which of the five planets that you want to then attack. So basically, once you, when you, once you designate how many ships you want to attack with and you can never attack or assist or defend basically you can never have nobody can play more than four ships i believe to do pretty much any of their actions with you take a look at your opponents who aren't in the battle and you ask them if they would like to assist you now you don't have to do this and you don't necessarily want to the reason why you might not want to is because if you do win and you had assistance, those who assisted you get to put ships on the planet as well as you. So essentially, you're kind of kind of giving them a free point because that's the whole object of the game. The object of the game is to basically to get five of your opponent's planets, any one of your opponent's planets. You can take over any five of their planets. You basically win the game. So for each planet you take over, you, you move up one on the victory point track. So we were talking about asking for assistance. Now, before anybody can answer, though, with you being the attacker, because you get to ask who want, if anybody wants to assist first, the defender gets to ask the players not in the combat if they would like to assist him as the defender. Again, only if they want to. They don't have to ask anybody for the assistance to defend. So once both attacker and defender have asked for assistance, the players then get to decide which side they get to help. And there is, it was really common that one player was basically getting asked for both sides, both the attacker and defender. So it comes down to some really good negotiating as to who you want to help and who you want to basically try to just hinder in taking over a planet. So after everybody's chosen how many ships they're going to attack with, it basically comes down to a card flip. So the, the attacker and the defender will flip over a card, and these cards are basically like an attack card. They, there's also a card that can be played that's a negotiate card. So if both players play a negotiate card, they have a minute, and that's what it says in the rule book, to basically come to a deal as to a trade of some sort of card or something between the players. So if both, if both players played an attack card, 
the numbers are all added together at this time, and then whoever is assisting in defense, they can also play some reinforcement cards to assist even more. The one nice thing with the attack cards is there's also a morph card that really came into play for us, which completely saved me on one turn. And if I hadn't played this turn, the guy sitting next to me would have won the game easily. What the morph card does is it becomes the number of what your opponent played. So if your opponent plays a 12 attack, you then have a 12 attack. So the funny thing during one of our combats was, before we had flipped any cards, the guy sitting next to me said, he wanted to switch characters. He had a card that basically allowed us to switch characters. He was playing the zombie character, which let his ships come back, or basically let his ships not go to warp when they died. And I had the tripler character. And for me, any time I played an attack card that was 10 or less, it became tripled. Anytime I played a card that was more than that, it was divided by three. He played a 30 to attack and I played a morph. So basically what happened was I got his 30 attack and due to tripler, he was knocked down to 10. And he pretty much could have won the game in that turn because he had already had four victory points. And I pretty much had the only card that could stop him from winning. So even if he hadn't switched characters, I still would have won due to some of the support I had. So it was a really, really close call, but a hell of a lot of fun. And when I flipped over the, the warp card, everybody just let out a huge scream and just could not believe that that was what I had had in, in my hand even though one of the other guys had given it to me it, it was it was still a big surprise to everybody i will say that this game is just a complete blast so basically you just keep going around and everybody takes a turn after you attack if you do a successful attack you can always do a second attack than if you would like on your turn and at that point in time you would then flip over another destiny card and that's pretty much how the game's played everybody just keeps flipping over the destiny cards and you just keep going through different attacks and you just start working with some of your some of your opponents to basically stop other people from hitting the five victory point limit if you can first person to hit that five basically wins and the game's over once the game was over everybody sat there and w wanted to play the game again immediately everybody said let's just do this again and a couple of us start looking at that what time it was and how long that that initial game had taken us and we said yeah that's let's not play this let's play actually something a little lighter because we didn't want to be there for another another long game because with five people i think no no there were four of us i think with four people the game did take just to actually there were five of us there were five of us playing because the one guy did have the expansion to the game, so we were playing with five. So the game did take a little bit longer than we were planning, but it was still a lot of fun. I, I can easily see this this game coming to the table again, and if you have not had a chance to play Cosmic Encounter, definitely check for, check this game out, and hopefully somebody has it down at your local game group. Well, after we were done with Cosmic Encounter, we sat down and we played a little Las Vegas. So we still had five people for Las Vegas, but one of the interesting things we did, since Las Vegas basically comes with dice for enough enough dice for five people, and I talked about Las Vegas on a couple of podcasts ago because I've played this a lot here in, at my house with my family, and we played it down at the game store quite a few times. It's a really nice filler game. One of the guys thought it would be interesting if we added in dice, basically like the white dice, which are like the dummy dice, even though we were playing with five people. So he ran off and started looking for some six-sided dice, and I pulled out my bag of Pathfinder dice and said, here, I have enough six-sided dice that are all the same. So we gave two to everybody. So I, luckily, I did have ten six-sided dice with me, and a couple of guys were laughing that I actually had a bag of dice with me that actually contained ten of the same six-sided dice. So everybody was doing their roles, and we were playing with this dummy character. And I'm not really too sure I kind of like playing with that dummy character with five people because it really limited how many people were walking away with money at the end of a round. It was just, I think there was just way too much, too many dice on some of the cards. It, I, I would not recommend playing with this, with the dummy character. I think one of the guys, I think the guy who actually mentioned the idea, he kind of liked it. I'm not really too sure the rest of us were too keen on it. We did finish the game playing with it that way, but I'm not too sure I would recommend that. And I don't know if I'd want to play like that again, but we did have a good time playing Las Vegas. And that was pretty much it for board game night. I, I, I kind of left early that evening because I just didn't want to be out super late like I normally am so I could actually get some sleep before work the following day. So that was 
was about it for the board games that I played. I'm going to jump over to a couple of video games now. So on the PlayStation 4, Drive Club became available for the PlayStation Plus members. Finally, I think after about mm, two years, considering this was supposed to be a launch title that was supposed to come out with a PlayStation, and everybody was expecting the PlayStation Plus edition to be out at that time. It was finally released last week, and I spent a lot of time over the weekend playing Drive Club. And I went back after playing it over the weekend, and I remember reading the, reading the reviews for it originally, and the reviews not being very hot. And I didn't want to go back and actually see what some of the scores were or what some of the issues were. I wanted to play the game for myself over the weekend and get a good feel for it before I went back and try to read anything about it again. And while the graphics, I will say, are quite amazing on the PlayStation 4, the, the graphics are beautiful. They do do not make up for the gameplay of this game. I was a little disappointed with just the control of the cars. I thought that the cars were just a little bit too much of an arcadey feel, and that's kind of sad coming from me considering I used to be a huge Daytona fan as well as a big Ridge Racer fan. I used to love and play the hell out of Ridge Racer back on my original PlayStation. And, and even though the the control the the controls were okay, it just the cars just felt like you were just kind of just swerving and just you you pretty much had no control over the back end of your car. It was pretty much just fishtailing constantly. And like I said, I don't mind games where you can drift around the corners and everything. I just really felt like I just didn't have good control over the car. So it'll be interesting to see what type of reviews actually come out now that Drive Club's been released for PlayStation Plus. And I will say the PlayStation Plus version is very stripped down. They list a lot of different races within the game, and you don't have access to pretty much anything. You start off with pretty much one track and a car, and that is pretty much it. And I think the first car I unlocked, actually, in, in play, I can't even use unless if I purchase the full game. And I just kind of sat there, and my wife sat there, and she was watching me at that time, she kind of just laughed <laughs> when she saw that. And I just looked at her and I was like, well, that's not really nice. I go, that's okay. That's kind of useless to me because I'm probably not going to buy the full game. But it's, I, I played quite a bit over the weekend. I played both quite a bit on Saturday, quite a bit on Sunday. And I have a, I do have a good feel for the game. I was actually winning races after playing several. So it's, it's not like I really didn't get a feel for the game as I did finally kind of settle down and, and did get a feel for the car. I just didn't like the way it felt and just didn't like the way it drove. I think what I need to do is probably pick up Project Cars. That's a game that I've actually been looking at on Steam. I'm probably going to get that on my PC. Although I'm, I really want to get it on the PlayStation 4 because I want to play a nice car game down on the PlayStation 4. But I know on my computer, Project Cars would probably just look and run probably better than the PlayStation 4, especially with my 970 graphics card. So I'm, I'm really torn at which one I want to get, what version. But I'll have to figure out which one I do which one I do want to pick up. And I'm probably going to have to pick that up shortly because I'm really itching to play a good car racing game. And Drive Club, I am sad to say, is not it. So one of the other things that I actually got into this past week, it's another racing game that I actually downloaded on my phone. It's a game called Daytona Rush, I believe. And it was a free-to-play game. And what it reminds me of is it reminds me of one of the old Mattel car racing games. If you've ever played some of the Mattel games, I think they were from, they were like the LED games where you were basically just playing as dashes on the screen. And the cars, your car was just a dash. And the cars coming down at you were just dashes. And it was just scrolling. And you just moved your car left and right 
right? It's basically what this Daytona Rush is, but on the phone, and instead of just using dashes, they're actually using, I guess instead of dashes, they're more like a pipe symbol because they're not sideways. They're actually, it's actually vertical, not horizontal. So and that's how it was back on the Mattel. But Daytona Rush basically is just a graphical version of that. And I've been playing it for the past couple of days as well. And I'm probably having a little more fun with that than Drive Club, I hate to say. And it's basically just the same thing of just going left and right and then hitting the pits and refilling your car with gas and trying not to damage any cars. And if you do hit any cars, there's wrenches that you can run over on the track, which will actually heal your car back up. I've actually purchased a second car already in that game. It took me a little while to grind through to get enough money to do that, but I was having fun doing it. I was probably having, like I said, I was probably having a little more fun with that game than I was with Drive Club. It just really brought me back to those days of probably when I was a teenager playing those old handheld games and it really felt like the same thing but with just nice graphics instead of just lines on the screen coming down at me so if you have an android device i don't know if this is out on ios or not but if you have an android device check out daytona rush if you're looking for just like an easy race game that you can kind of just play with in your downtime i think you'll probably enjoy that one as well then i also got into some shroud of the avatar as well this past week i've been trying to get into that game a little bit more and since it's the mmo of my choice right now that i'm currently playing I will say that I have not gone completely head over heels for the game and have invested all of my time into it like I normally do with an MMO, but I'm playing it at a nice casual pace, and I think I'm doing that mainly because it is an alpha, because there's a lot of things that they're still actually adding to the game and fixing with the game, but I will say that each month they're actually coming out with a new patch, and they're actually adding a lot of content to the game, as well as fixing a lot of stuff. Everything that I'm seeing with this game so far, I'm actually really glad I invested in it, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm really enjoying the combat. I like the deck system that they have for the combat. The graphics are, I, I won't say the graphics are the best thing out there, but they're actually, they're, they're perfectly fine. They're not mind-blowing and eye candy, but they are good graphics. I, I'm, like I said, I'm just having a good time learning the game, learning my way around, trying to get around the continent, trying to learn my way around the map, and just doing some of the different quests and leveling up, starting to get into some crafting. And probably the next thing I may actually start doing is looking for a guild actually within the within the game. I was actually able to get the app on my Android device downloaded. There was a community member that actually created an app and it's actually a pretty cool app. There's a lot of different features in it that you can that you can actually do. There's a news feature. There's actually a radio that station that is actually played all the time um, that's basically done by in-game players. So there's just a lot of really good things that this community has done and that the development team has done. And I'm in watching a lot of the videos that the development team is actually putting out, I'm really, I'm really stoked about where this game is going and I can't really to see what they added next. So if you're looking for possibly an MMO and you don't mind playing something that's in, that's kind of a diamond in the rough and something that's early on, definitely check out Shroud of the Avatar. And I will probably be talking about this a lot more in upcoming podcasts. All right, so those were the games I played for the week. Let's jump into what I want to play now. And one of the games I want to play now, I was kind of hoping to make it down to the game store yesterday and I wasn't feeling too hot after work. So I kind of just came home and just hung out with my wife for a little bit. But one of the guys I was going to meet down there, we were going to try to get in a game of Boss Monster 2 that he had just gotten off a of Kickstarter. I kind of wanted to see it too because I believe he had some of the foil cards and stuff that he had gotten from the from the Kickstarter. So I kind of wanted to see those. But I haven't had a chance to play Boss Monster 2 yet. And considering how much we do like Boss Monster in this house, I was really kind of excited to play that one. So hopefully I will be able to play that maybe next week or so. I think one of the other things I'm also going to be doing is getting back into Pathfinder. We actually had somebody new join us down in our Pathfinder Adventure card game group. So it looks like when we get to the season of the Wrath of the Righteous, we actually may have to divide up into two separate groups because I think we're going to have a couple of new people joining us. And the one 
guy that one of the new guys that may be joining us he's one of the dms that had dm'd a couple of the pathfinder games and i mentioned to him i really wanted to get back into pathfinder and i will probably be doing that on monday so this coming monday i'm going to try to get a character created for one of the one of the adventures that they're having down there and i'm going to try to jump back in and get back to playing pathfinder at least once a week so that's about it those are the games i played for the week and those are the games i want to play or one of the games i want to play hey as always send me some email let me know what you're playing now send the emails to what i'm playing now at gmail.com you can also follow me on twitter at what i'm playing now don't forget to drop that g like i always say do a search on Facebook for what I'm playing now and you'll find us there. Don't forget to like the page when you see it. Google Plus is plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast. And then, of course, our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me. If you wouldn't mind, give me some likes and give me some thumbs up on YouTube or on iTunes. Always looking for a little bit of information as to how I am doing with the podcast. So if you want to put some reviews in as to what I'm doing or anything you'd like to hear, definitely let me know. And I'm definitely listening to what is being sent into me. As always, go play some games and then let me know what you're playing now. Have a good week, everybody. 